bucks. Never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's C. Sparky Pfeiffer, Green and Growing, a special bonus podcast for you. Being joined now by Bucks President Peter Fagan. And Peter, off to a good start this year are the Bucks, even though you're depleted by some injuries, still off to a good start. I think off to a good start. We've been a little bit depleted to begin with, but uh, nice to have a, a, a lot of your games at home to start where we do uh, relatively well. And uh, I think we're starting just to, you know, fire up the Deer District and uh, and the games. And, you know, God, we're at Thanksgiving already. So it's uh, kind of incredible. Yeah, time moves fast. No question about that. But that's the one thing, like you said. I mean, you've got no Middleton, no Connaughton. Joe Ingles still hasn't played. Probably won't play till after the first of the year. And it'd be off to this good start already and then see guys – take steps like I don't know if well I mean I guess you guys may have known but as a fan I didn't expect Marjan Bochamp to be as good as he's been offensively to this point yeah I think the blessing of being able to have Marshawn play some real time Jordan Nora playing real time and in, 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 in real games and and, uh, and and Javon Carter really kind of leading you know for a couple victories I mean those are all things you know when you look down history of a, of a regular season in the NBA and you look for, you know, kind of what happens in the playoffs. Those are big deals to just have that type of experience. And, and usually you don't get wins out of that type of experience. And we're getting some wins out of it, which is just awesome. How is it for you as president of the Bucks, seeing guys that were on, you know, Coach Budenholzer's staff doing so well? I mean, you got a head coach in Memphis, you got a head coach with the Lakers, uh, and really seeing that tree kind of blossom a little bit from where it all started in Milwaukee for these guys. Yeah, it's kind of a catch twenty two. I mean, you know, these jobs you're, you're kind of operating twenty four seven. You really live with folks, you know, for the year, and, and you're so vested. It's it's not like any other business. It's kind of it truly is like the people business. So you get so close. So when a dog in hand leaves, you know, it's like a it's personal, it's professional, but you're so happy for them. And I think as an organization. You know, we've always said, like, listen, when you want to be great and you want to be the best, you know, part of that is you're going to be an incubator. You're going to be you're going to be a pipeline for talent. And, and you know, we'll take that because that's kind of where we want to be. So if if Bud is is, you know, kind of one of these incredible coaching trees that is is attracting talent and retaining and, and growing them and and the bucks are in the middle of that, that's that's a really big positive um, for the growth, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's tough. You know, we'd like to keep like all the great talented people forever, but you you know, your kids grow up and, uh, they, they, they blossom and, and go out. So it's, it's, it's awesome. And by the way, for us, it's, it's kind of a great opportunity. You know, Charles Lee, who's a young coach, assistant coach in the NBA becomes our first assistant, you know, which is, which is a great thing for him as well. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, the other thing I, I guess I, I'm kind of curious about at this point is with what you guys have been doing, and I, I, I saw it and I was like, that that is great. Because, uh, look, facts of the matter are the entertainment dollar is being spread thinner and thinner by the day right now uh, around the country. Uh, and you guys came up with that family night plan that I thought was spectacular. I mean, upper deck seats for 20-some dollars, lower bowl for 40-some dollars for limited games. I thought that was a really cool promotion. Yeah, I think we're going to get even more aggressive. You know, I think I think we've got to figure out, you know, for for the growth. You know, people always ask, "Oh, what do you do when you're winning?" And you kind of, you know, the truth is, like, we've got to be, you know, very kind of open-minded. You know, even though it's a today proposition, kind of, how do we incubate and 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 kind of grow the next generation of fans and and kind of keep 
keep it exciting. You know, the crazy thing is, you know, 99.5% of our fans never see a game live. And I think one of our goals is how do we change that um, in a big way. And I think we're going to you know, get aggressive and allocate a few hundred more seats, you know, throughout games to, to just make them affordable, uh, bring them into plans. How do we really, and, and for us, it's like, how do we grow the fan base, you know, in, in the arena as well. And we think, we think pricing has a big part, you know, uh, in the equation. I saw a study, I think it was last year, two years ago, that MLB had the oldest fan base uh, from a demographics standpoint. Where is the NBA, where is the Bucks fan base as far as age range of what, what you have, you know, watching and coming to games? So it's a great question. So the NBA in general has this incredible growth of, of fan fan base and a lot of it is like what they capture is, is kind of a, a 12 to 24 but really it's it's the eight you know to it's like the 8 to 18 and they're consuming the product so much differently than you or i would ever imagine you know they're doing it in five second video hits you know they're watching instagram they're they're watching youtube they're they're absorbing stats you know at mock speed in a big way to get it done so the big thing about the nba is like we've got this incredible annualized fan growth, but a lot of these fans are passive. You know, a lot of these fans are like kind of around the periphery. They like it. They want to be involved. They kind of like some of the lifestyle. They like some of the game. They like some of the big goal for us is to take this big bucket of what I'd call passive fans and kind of convert them into passionate fans. How do we, how do we get them involved in the sport? How do we get them involved in, in teams and the brand and things like that. So that's like a big part of like, how do we engage them online? How do we make watching games easier? How do we make it more accessible? And that's sort of the same thing in the arena, you know, on making seats and tickets more accessible. From a technology standpoint, I feel like you guys are, you know, pretty far ahead and, and stay pretty far ahead with whatever the growing trends are and so forth. And uh, I just got a press release the other day talking about this new like store feature that you're doing with Amazon now at Pfizer Forum. Tell everybody about that. Yeah, so it's it's under the Amazon One bucket. It really is kind of, you know, the the next the next iteration of holy cow, this is nuts. You uh, you walk in, you're pre-registered. If you're pre-registered with Amazon, it, it's easier. But basically, with a swipe of your palm, you enter into a small grab and go, and uh, within you know somewhere between seven and twenty one seconds, you can grab your snacks, your beer, your soda, your water, and walk out without a register experience. And it literally through beacons, like in the ceiling, kind of registers what you've taken, charges it to your account, and seamlessly has the experience. So it's kind of this technology that that some Whole Foods around the country have it. We went out to Seattle and in Amazon to watch it at work. And, you know, for us in our business, you know, what you really want to always do is reduce the lines, make the experience seamless, give people what they want and as fast a time and high quality. And this is kind of one of the solutions. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's very, very cool. You know, the other thing people want is uh, Giannis, 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 uh, and more Giannis. And upcoming promotions, you guys got the Giannis dad joke bobblehead, which is brilliant because the man is is known for his dad jokes. And I think it really helps them just continue to be that rare, iconic dude that you can actually look at your kids and go, yeah, that's a role model. Yes, you can you can follow that one. Sometimes you don't really know what you're dealing with, I, I, I guess, for with public figures. But I think everybody is con- confident uh, that, you know, looking up to 
to Giannis is probably a good thing at this point, and that bobblehead is brilliant on the seventh against the Kings. Yeah, I think it's like you know, and Sparky's been with us like for so long. It's like how do you have fun with it? Be a little different, you know. It it, it is sports. It is. It is basketball. And Giannis is like, listen, at the end of the day, you know, people, you know, people go, what's the point of differentiation? You know, the point of differentiation is we have a global superstar who continues to like blossom and built a team around that competes for championships. And he happens to be like just one of the better people ever, Um, you know, and surrounded by others like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and Pat Connington. You know, these guys are, we have a good bunch of, of, of people and when you're running a team and a brand and you're trying to build the community and, and, and kind of build awareness, it's pretty awesome to have good people and great players who represent everything that's good. Let's talk about the, the jerseys. You guys just launched your new, uh, what was it, City Edition jersey with the blue jerseys, the blue court, the whole deal. And now this has been going on for you know a couple of years with these new jersey designs every year with the NBA where they get to have new uh, different colored jerseys. I'd say it's the NASCAR effect uh, that it had on because being a NASCAR fan growing up, you'd always buy these different die-cast cars with these different sponsors from the specific races uh, and then all the jackets that would come along with it and so forth. And it's a great way to bring in that 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 extra cash, I guess, from a marketing standpoint. But then I saw the, the story the other day uh, about the cream jerseys uh, that the Bucks were wearing, and all of a sudden now the NBA has decided y'all can't wear those uh, anymore. So please do explain what that's all about. So the cream jerseys are pretty interesting. So of course the the cream jerseys were our first kind of alternative jersey that when they hit for a, a market size like Milwaukee, did they? They, they were out of control. They did incredibly well. Like the fans, the players, kind of the way they were imaged um, graphically on television went so well. What happened as we got into the bubble, which like a lot of people don't know, is like there was just an incredible amount of virtual reality, like signage on the court, kind of putting signage on the baselines um, virtually, you know, through the telecast. And they realized that this cream color actually distorts like the signage and doesn't work well. It literally is like the PMS, like the specific color that can't, they can't go inside with the virtual reality broadcast uh, that, that, that uh, Bally's and the NBA and, and global broadcast is doing. So, I mean, I think maybe down the line as things evolve, it, it might get it, but for the moment, like those cream jerseys are, uh, you know, will no longer be, uh, be able to wear them, but it gives us an opportunity in the short run to, uh, to, to launch another alternative jersey. And these are these are years in the making, just so you know, like we knew that, you know, kind of like during the bubble time. So to, to be able to launch the blue and uh and we, we coincided with the with a new court design um to get out is is kind of like one of the fun things when you're when you're a big sales and marketing kind of group. That that gets you very excited. Just another bad thing that happened in the bubble for the Bucks. Just just another bad thing added to everything else that happened during the bubble experience. Uh, one one other thing for you, I guess. What about the purple, the purple jerseys? I mean, I'm wearing my Bucks leather jacket with the purple, the white, and the black that I actually bought when they were actually wearing the purples the first time. I feel like that the younger generation really loved the purple, uh, maybe more than the older generation. What's been your perspective on it? Yeah, I mean, I kind of put it, I kind of put it under the realm of like, 
getting too old to realize like what's cool and what's not cool. So, you know, we did a, we did a city edition yellow retro, you know, back to the Mecca a couple years ago. Couldn't stand that Jersey. Like I could not stand. stand. Oh, I hate yellow in general. So I love everything we do, but, but Sparky, it was the, it was the hottest selling thing we ever created. Crazy. And I couldn't believe it. And we couldn't keep it on the racks. We couldn't, we couldn't get a second run like fast enough. Oh my God. And I would just tell you that, you know, it's funny you say younger, like purple actually gets the retro and gets like the younger, like right away. So if you look around town now, I will tell you, you will see, you will see more purple beanies, yeah. you know, than you, than you ever could have like in the eighties, you know, and nineties to get it. And this deep purple is like just a, it's just a hot color. People love it. We kind of, you know, kind of, uh, like modernized like a little bit of, of of the logo and everything and what we've been playing with currently and, and mixed it in with like some of our, you know, legacy colors and it, it's it's done really well and it and the fans love it. Yeah. On merch, which is which is pretty cool. I I'm old and uncool, there's no question. Peter Fagan, no. president of the Milwaukee Bucks. He's the man as always. Peter, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Continued success. Uh, Oh, we love it, Spark, and we'll see you at uh, Fleet and Farm. Yeah, buddy. You know it, Blaine's Fleet Farm coming up, uh, Farm and Fleet, I should say, coming up uh, November 28th to December 2nd in Oak Creek, right there on Rawson Avenue. Peter is, was out there every year when we were out there at uh, Farm and Fleet. And the other thing was the Bucks players were the only ones that were ever came out. We never got Brewer players to come out. We never had Packer players to come out. But John Henson, Larry Sanders, Jabari Parker, those guys would come out from year to year. Uh, and I'll always be appreciative for the Milwaukee Bucks organization for helping us out for all those years uh, at the Toy Drive. Peter, thanks so much, man. Thanks, Sparky. Go Bucks. Thanks again to Peter Fagan for joining us for a bonus podcast of Green and Growing. You can download it, as you well know, probably Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple. Normally, brand new podcasts available every Wednesday and Friday morning when you wake up. They're right there. We normally record them or live stream them on Tuesday and Thursday evenings around quarter after five. If you are on Twitter, just follow at Sparky Radio. And on those days when we stream them, that as well as Curd and Long with Ryan Horvath and myself talking Packers, also from that same account when we stream, stream that live, that normally is at noon, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays when we live stream that. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. Toodles!